Bonjour. Ça va? I don't know how to say, invite you up in French. That's the extent of my French. But Christine, would you like to come and join me? Let's give Christine a round of applause. It's always so exciting, uh, you know, when you see people who are seeking to listen to God and then put that into action. And I know that that's what we're all trying to do. But sometimes you just have this example of somebody who has heard and who has really stepped out. And Christine is one such example of that. So it's great to have you back here with us. Let me just uh, sort this out a tiny bit. Yeah. You see, I've got a fat head, you don't. So it's kind of like dangling all over. But hopefully that will be fine. So let me pray for Christine and uh, then she'll uh, continue to lead us in our time. Father, we thank you so much for Christine's example of listening, for your voice, and then seeking to walk obediently in that, Lord. We know that she won't always get that right, that like us, she will often fall. And yet we know that her desire is to bring honor to you. And Lord, that is our desire as well. And so we pray that as we listen to her, as we listen to the words that you're going to speak through her, that we would be inspired, that we would be challenged, that we would be encouraged, that people would be called this morning to respond obediently to the calling on their life, even as we hear some more about Christine's and some more of the work that she is doing in France. Lord, would you protect her as she gets ready to head back tomorrow? Would you continue to use her? Would you continue to build her up? May she feel spiritual refreshment in this place. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good, uh, good morning, everyone. Oh, I think it works. <laughs> so I think... Uh, yeah, I recognize quite many fam familiar faces this morning, but there's a couple of new ones, so, so good morning. Um, so yes, I would like to speak a little bit of what I am doing in France for now two years, what is my role and different activities. But I thought that perhaps to start, we could have a, a little bit of an overview about France, you know, the different issues, the different culture. So we could have the first slide, please, Hugh. Yeah, just the next one. Okay. You're all familiar with France. You all went on holidays to France. I'm pretty sure who already went to France. Raise your hand. Yeah, oh, so many people. But perhaps what you do not know is that France is a very atheist country. You could see that on this map. On this map, you could see that France is the fourth most atheist country in the world after China, Japan, and Czech Republic. 40% of the people in France do not believe there is any God. So that's something perhaps surprised you or perhaps not. But something else perhaps we need to understand altogether and what we call the French culture. And I will start with a small story. When Alpha, you're all familiar with the Alpha course, when Alpha started in France in 2000, 2000, in 2000, they decided to work with a Roman Catholic church. And they translated the Alpha course in French, but for a Roman Catholic context. But after a few years, they realized that there were no many changes 
no many people converted to faith. And on the other hand, they realized that they were a, a dynamic church planting activity from the Protestant and evangelical churches. Alpha got it wrong. They had a British view of religion in France, with the Roman Catholic playing a similar role than the Anglican Church. But it's very different. And I will just try to give you a sense why it is different. We just put the next slide. There's three words to keep in mind, three words which define a little bit this French culture. The first one is secularism. Secularism is an institutional separation of state and religions. It started with the French Revolution you know, in 1789, with Roman Catholicism was no more you know, the state religion. And then we had a law in 1905 with clearly you know, separation of the state and the religion. And then this, this strange word, quite difficult to, to pronounce properly, so sorry for that, laicization or laic attitude. It's an opposition to clericalism. Behind that there is a philosophy, and this philosophy is about believing that uh, the education of the nation can redeem human beings. So if you provide good education to someone, this person could become better. And that's why we believe that uh, if people have uh, autonomy, critical thinking, ability to analyze, they will become better person. And the principle of like attitude govern what's the principle behind the like attitude or the neutrality of the state. That's a very important thing, the neutrality of the state, the freedom of conscience, and the freedom of religions. And there's a third one. As you all know, we are a republic. And we have three main values, liberty, freedom, egalité, in theory, no more social classes, and fraternity, a new brotherhood. And that in this republic that we found unity. So we are a multicultural and multi-faith country, but in the framework of the republic, we found our unity. So in France, it's all about integration, it's less about the recognition of differences. So you want to compare with the United Kingdom, as you all know, the head of the state and the head of the church is the queen. And the unity is under the crown, because you are a kingdom, a united kingdom. So I hope it helps you to see the differences in culture and in legal framework in France. So just to finish with my short story. So now Alpha is working with the Protestant and evangelical churches and we are regular meeting with them as they try to understand how they might be able to help us and particularly in our evangelical actions and church planting. So just for you to have, I would say, this, this framework and uh, this context in mind. And I will now speak a little bit more about what I am doing in France. So we just move to the next slide. So in France, I have three roles. 
I am a project manager for the French Baptist Union. I am a chaplain in a residential care home, and I am a pastor in a very, very small church. It's a sort of replanting, you know, a church. I will just go quickly to the two first rules. So my first role is, you know, doing project management, as I was used to do in my previous life. Uh, so organizing events, doing some sort of coordination, supporting the training and education department, a lot of different things. The French Baptist Union is a small one. There is only 120 churches for all France. In the United Kingdom, there is 2,200 Baptist churches. So just to give you an idea of the difference. So we are a small union, but uh, we do work very hard uh, to support uh, our mission, to support our pastors. There are a couple of pictures, just to give you an idea. So perhaps you could see a little. So it's a picture from the French Baptist Assembly last year. And as usually, um, you know, the people in, in the back uh, working on the computer and ensuring everything is going well, everything works well. So it's part of my role. The second slide. Uh, so it was at the annual gathering of the pastor, uh, and uh, I was uh, in charge of uh, leading a roundtable about the uh, same issues and new paradigms. Uh, and with a um, couple of people from France, but also a person from the States, uh, we had some sort of discussion to understand you know, what can be done now in this secular and very lake context. And the next slide. So you might recognize some of young people here. Uh, some of them uh, went last year to Mission Mania uh, to run and to, to work with you. Uh, so this picture was taken during a youth event in France called Connection. Uh, we do not have many youth events in France. Uh, this event was organized by BMS mission worker Sue Wilson, and we have this event now every two years. It's very important for them to have this sort of event because it helps them to connect with God and also to connect with other youth people to realize that there is other Christians in this country. So that's a very, very good event for them. So that's my role as a project manager. Then my role as a chaplain. So I work uh, in a residential care home. I, I visit uh, elderly people, uh, every Thursday afternoon. So you're all very familiar with chaplain role because there is chaplain at school, chaplain in prison, chaplain in hospital here in the UK. That's not the same in France. In France, there is no chaplain at school. We do not have access, you know, to the public space. So it's quite a privilege to have this role as a chaplain in this residential care home. This residential care home has an history. It was founded by a Baptist church 40 years ago. It is now under the leadership of a Protestant foundation. That's the reason for which you know, I have the possibility to be a chaplain in, in this home. And, uh, and I have the possibility uh, to speak about religion, to, to teach, teach about the Bible, to pray for people, uh, and to encourage them at the end of their life. Many of these elderly people are not Christians. You perhaps be surprised by that. Uh, they could have some sort of uh, um, Catholic you know, understanding. Perhaps they went to Mass once or two times in their life, but they do not have uh, you know, a strong Christian faith. 
So that's a privilege to be with them and to and just to listen to them and uh, and to help them. And I will now move to my next role, which is to be a pastor in a very very small church. So just move to the next slide. So, so I am a pastor now in a in, in town called Gif Surivet. It's a town uh, 25 kilometers in, in the south of Paris. And I moved to this place uh, beginning of September. So, so this church comes officially only five members. So that's quite very small. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we have a vision for this church. And uh, we know there is also good reason for, for the French Baptist Union to maintain uh, this church in, in this town. So there is three reasons to maintain this church in this town. The first one is that there is an ecumenical building, you know, a place where we can meet. Uh, I speak about ecumenical building because when this building was created, uh, it was for the purpose to be used by different denominations. So we are currently three denominations using this building a Catholic denomination, an Anglican church, uh, because there is a couple of British expats, and myself as a Protestant Baptist church. So that's a great privilege, because us in France, uh, it could be quite difficult to find a place to meet, to worship, and particularly for evangelical churches, because we are small churches, we are poor churches, it's difficult to buy, it could be difficult to rent, uh, we cannot imagine, for example, to use a town hall. You know, we'll never get the, or to, or the approval to use the town hall or to go into a school. So that means you need to use a private space. But when you are a very small church, you know, you do not have the finance for that. So that's a great privilege to have this building. So there's a chapel, but also a couple of small meeting rooms that we are able to use. The second reason is that it's a growing area. So, uh, you know, there is a project uh, to build research centers and universities in this place. So we see uh, a new generation of, of family coming in. And lastly, it's a spiritual desert. There is uh, not many evangelical churches around. I am the only pastor uh, in this area. That's why it does matter, uh, you know, to, to maintain this church in this place. So I spoke about vision because when I moved into this place, I saw that the, you know, the starting point was to have a vision. What we want to do in this area, or what we want to do with the local community. And I, I went uh, with this slide, uh, with this vision, and you will see three, three main themes. Uh, it's peace, it's wisdom, and it's kindness. So, Gif, you know, is, uh, is one of these cities in the suburb of Paris. Uh, and Paris is a very stressful environment for people. Many people uh, are commuters and have to travel hours, you know, each day to go to their office. Um, there is also in France a sense of fear after all the terrorist attacks. Uh, also, a lack of community uh, in these suburbs, a sense of loneliness in a very busy environment. And it is also a multicultural and multi-faith place. 
So there is, it matters, you know, to speak about reconciliation and, and to have the windstorm to discern what we can do or what we cannot do and how we partner also with other denominations or other associations to work together in this place. And, uh, and so we, we have actually started to work and, uh, and step by step to try to rebuild this church. And when I started to think on how to do that, uh, I went uh, with this passage of Luke 10, you know, the verse 1 tonight, and I found that this passage was some sort of pattern for me, you know, to replant this church. And I, perhaps we just read quickly this passage of Luke 10, verse 1 to 9. I think you're all very familiar with that. So that this passage, when the Lord, you know, appoints 70 others and sends them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people will come, you eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God has come near to you. So what we have started to do? So the first thing we have started to do is first to come together and to have fellowship with one another. Yes, that's this slide. Thank you very much. Uh, so very simple, uh, have a regular service on the Sunday. So no matter you know, the numbers we may have, um, you know, worship and, uh, and teaching and getting together and also having meal together. You know, uh, lunch is very important in France, meal matters. So having meal together to build fellowship and friendship. So on this, on this picture, you could see a couple of people. Um, there's two people you perhaps recognize because they were here two years ago during my induction service. It's Philippe and Rosemary Halliday. Uh, both are BMS mission workers for now two years and uh, both support uh, small churches like me, you know, uh, uh, in this uh, replanting activity. So they share their time between GIF, but also some churches in Brittany and also with the French Baptist Union. And there's a couple of other people around the table. There's the next slide. On the next slide, I could see quite a very busy Sunday morning. It was something exceptional for us. We had 25 uh, people on this Sunday, uh, something like 10 or 15 children, and we had to do a Sunday school. So that was some sort of a miracle. They didn't have a Sunday school for 10 or 15 years in this church. So that was part of a, of a small miracle, and we did enjoy a lot. We could see very, something very familiar to you, you know, tea and cake and coffee after the Sunday service. 
we do not always do that in France. So we just import some of our British best habits in France, uh, having uh, tea and coffee, and we do that before the service and after the service. So that was quite obvious for wonderful uh, Sunday morning. But then, it's good to have fellowship, you know, and to, to build a relationship with one another. But the next step is really, you know, to reach out new people, to connect with people who are not part of the church. And that's what, you know, we try to do. And I'm coming back to this passage of, of Luke 10, you know, when, when Jesus, you know, speaks to the 70. And these, these 70, who are they? But these 70, I think you all know, uh, that's, they represent, you know, the church. They are like a symbol of the church. The verb sent, you know, that Jesus used in this passage is the same verb that Jesus is, is using previously in Luke 10 when he's speaking about John the Baptist. You know John the Baptist, you know, this very special character in the Gospels. John is the one pointing on Jesus. He's the one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. John the Baptist is an example for us because he's the one who incarnates loyalty, vulnerability, perseverance, and faith. And so what Jesus is telling to his church in this passage is to be like John the Baptist, to have the same loyalty, vulnerability, perseverance, and faith, to be like John pointing out on Jesus. The 70s, they are called out of their comfort zone, out of their routine, to share the good news of the kingdom in words and in actions. You know, this kingdom of justice, of peace, and of joy, a kingdom for all, for the wealthy, and for the most vulnerable. God is a missionary God, as you know, and God sends a missionary church, all of us, all of us, we are sent to serve God's mission. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for missions. God's mission, wrote Christopher Wright. But there is two dangers about mission. One is believing we can do everything. And the other one is that we cannot do anything. One, believing that we can't do everything, and the other one, believing that we can't do anything. Mission, I think, is not necessarily about creating projects or events or activities, but it's about discerning what God is doing. Understand the culture surrounding us, understand our community, and seeking for the people of peace. That's what Jesus is telling to his church. Try to find the people of peace. You know these people of peace, that's the people who have been prepared by Jesus, who have no reluctance against the gospel message, and take the time to meet them, listen to them, understand their needs. Mission amongst people who know nothing about the gospel is about taking the time. Let them set the agenda. You know, when Jesus say, accept the food they are giving to you, that means that they are setting the agenda. 
We are not coming with the answers, with the leaflets, but we are listening to their questions and needs. It is about making disciples, not about inviting people to come to church. And so we have tried to find a people of peace, and we found some. So I will just introduce to you a couple of new ladies who have started to join our community. So the first one is Adela. You could perhaps see on this picture with her three children. Adela was born in Romania, not necessarily a very Christian country, and particularly in, in the time of the, of the communism. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the communist, many American missionaries went to Romania and started to do mission and to share the gospel of Jesus. And she became a Christian in Romania. That she, she met her husband, a, a French man, and she moved to France uh, to, to have a family. Her husband is not a Christian, as many French. Uh, so for many years, she didn't go to church. But uh, in September, she started to have again some questions. And uh, she had a look if there were a church not far from, from her home. And on her side, you know, we have started to do communication, to have a new website. And so she found us. And so she has started to join, I would say, the, the, the community and the church on a regular basis. She is absolutely a lovely lady. She has three beautiful children who do not know about Jesus. Uh, so that's a great privilege to have uh, Adela with her, and we do hope that we could be the, the right place for her. The second lady uh, is, uh, is Miranda, you perhaps picture uh, here. Uh, Miranda grew up in West Indies. Uh, the West Indies are often a very Christian area, so when they arrive in France, they are a bit lost, uh, because they, you know, it's a very different cultural context, as I explained to you, and so they try to find a, a church, and so Miranda, you know, had a look, and, uh, and we, we, we found and met Miranda. On this picture, it's on a Saturday morning. Uh, we are with two other young lads, uh, and we were getting ready to go on the market to give leaflets about our nativity play. So we do that on a regular basis. Uh, we do some sort of outreach, uh, trying to meet people on the street and just making, doing some communication and, and speaking a, a little about what it is about. And our third lady is Leah. So she's a bit of, of a treasure, Leah. She became a Christian in Switzerland, uh, Leah, when she was studying. So one of her, you know, student mates started to speak about Jesus, and, uh, and then she became a Christian in Switzerland. But then she returned in Paris. Uh, she didn't grow up in a Christian family, had no clue at all about what church is about, no church culture. And, uh, and again, so we met her, and so we started to build a relationship with her and trying to encourage her to be part of her fellowship. It's a, it's a, it's a privilege to have Leah, it's also a challenge. Uh, because when people do not have any Christian culture, any Christian background, it could be a little bit difficult. I know myself because when I became a Christian, I didn't have any Christian culture or any Christian background. And I, I remember the first Sunday I was coming at church, I found that quite a little bit strange. So I understand, obviously, our feeling and our concern. And we do hope that uh, we could help her in her journey of faith. So that are three persons of peace. And so we, we keep going. And so in the passage of, of Luke 10, 
there is this idea of the kingdom is near. I, I do like very much, you know, this, this last sentence, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Isn't it fantastic to, to picture ourselves, the church, as being able to share, you know, a small piece of this wonderful kingdom of justice, peace, and joy. Is that what we are called to do? And, and behind that, that means, for example, hospitality, this wonderful ministry of hospitality, of friendship, or sharing the gospel with love and patience. And, uh, and so I have started uh, hospitality in my own flat, uh, I stay in a block of flat, uh, not far from the church, as if. And uh, what I did is I just opened my, my flat uh, to welcome some of my neighbors. Sometimes, you know, the most difficult people to love is your next-door neighbors. We all know that. It could be easier, you know, to love the neighbors far away, but your next-door neighbors could be quite challenging. <laughs> but, uh, but I am quite lucky because I have a couple of very lovely uh, neighbors, uh, so we had two gatherings, one when I moved in my flat, and the second gathering was for Thanksgiving. Yes, we had to find a pretext for a good meal, and we found that Thanksgiving was perfect. Uh, because working with me, there is an American missionary. Uh, this, uh, this lovely lady was looking for a church, and so I agreed that, yes, she could come with us and helping us. And so we say, okay, let's have a meal around Thanksgiving, and gather around a good meal, and sometimes try to speak about thanksgiving. What thanksgiving means? You know, what does it mean to be thankful for something? And then we had a, we had a great evening, and we really start to build friendship with one another. Uh, then the second thing I am doing, and uh, when, I, when I left to France, I told to uh, Nick Cox that when I would be to France, I would join an athletic club. But the first 18 months, it was just impossible for me to join an athletic club. So now I am part of the local athletic clubs. Uh, I, am, I do like a lot of running. And uh, it's again, it's just uh, being part of the community, you know, building connection with people, building relationship, listen to people. You know, go out. You know, that's what Jesus is saying, is telling to the church. You have to go out, you know, and meet people. And that's uh, what I'm trying to do uh, at the local athletic clubs. But yes, we, we share the kingdom, you know, with people perhaps a little bit middle class, but people from different social classes, to be honest. But we do share also the kingdom with the most vulnerable. So one year ago, I was involved in the project to create a day shelter for homeless women. Uh, that, uh, that something now is place in place, it's running. Uh, this day shelter opens twice a week in, uh, in another Protestant church near Massey. Uh, on this picture, it was on Christmas Day, and the church decided to have a Christmas lunch for these ladies. Most of uh, these homeless ladies are asylum seekers. Uh, they can come from uh, Africa or different African countries. Uh, many of our young, uh, our young women, uh, and, and we saw this last couple of weeks, uh, many of them were expecting babies. Uh, so that's quite a difficult time for them, you know, to be in France without nothing, uh, without any papers, any, any clothes, any things. And on top of that, so they, they will have their, their baby. 
So what we do, it's very, very simple. Um, we just offer to them a safe place to stay. Uh, it's warm, it is cozy, and we do simple things like church people do. So coffee and, and tea and cake and a meal, and we try to give them clothes, and now we start to have clothes for the babies. So that's what uh, we, we try to do. So there is this picture here, there's a second one just after. Uh, that we sort of picture I don't share on, on Facebook or social network uh, for obvious reasons, uh, because uh, these women do not have uh, any official papers. On the next picture of some of these ladies, uh, so the, the lady with the, the glasses, uh, she's from Republic of Congo. Uh, you perhaps know that there is a lot of, uh, of uh, issues uh, in this country, there is wars. Uh, and uh, we call her Mama Adele. In fact, all the ladies call her Mama Adele. She's a Christian, uh, and uh, she's very good to speak to the other ladies and to tell them, you have to come to the church, there's lovely people, uh, you will have a nice welcome. Because most of these ladies are, are not Christian. Uh, they could be Muslim or they could be animist. They are not Christian, so they are not quite sure about these Christian people and this church. So she's very, very good to speak about what we are doing. So that's a little bit what we try to do to help uh, refugees and asylum seekers in France. There is a lot. Uh, if you go to Paris and you go to different places, you will see a lot of refugees in our street. Uh, then perhaps after I put a couple of prior points, yeah. so perhaps for you to keep in mind, and um, before I close, so pray, you know, for this uh, new person who have started to, to join our community, that will be really the right place for them. For me, it's what matters. Uh, it's not about numbers. Uh, it's about to be the place to help these people to grow in their faith, to be part of their journey. Pray for wisdom, for creativity and discernment as we continue to discern what God is doing in this place and what we are called to do, how we can serve a community, uh, what we need to have in place uh, to be, you know, this church sharing the kingdom of God. Pray for opportunities and building new relationships and pray for good deals and energy and, and protection. So I try to share my time between two roles. It could be relatively demanding. Um, and, and, and in France, you know, it's, it's a spiritual desert, but it's not free of spirits. So there could be sometimes a little bit dark. Uh, there is, you know, evil force, uh, not always agreeing with what we are doing. So, yes, we, we need protection in what we do. And uh, just before I hand over to, to Nick, perhaps the last slides. As you know, there is always open vac vacancies in BMS, and the beauty of BMS is that you can serve whatever you age, from 17 to 77. And the great news is that about action team. So do you know about action team? Well, the action team are young people from 17 to 23 years old. Uh, they take a gap year, and for six months, they go to another country uh, to, to serve, uh, to work locally, and then they are back in the UK for two months, and doing a, a tour and uh, sharing a little bit of what they did during these six months. And for the first time since many years, we hope to have an action team in France for 2018-2019. So this action team will work three months with me, 
uh, helping me replanting this church. I have already a lot, a lot of ideas. Uh, and, uh, and, and three months with the church in the south of France, uh, helping to run a, a cafe. It's also a new initiative. So that could be quite uh, exciting, I think, uh, for these, these young people. So if you know young people between 17 and 23, so please share with them. I think it's still time to apply uh, to the BMS process. Thank you, and um, thank you for, for, having, for your attention. And thank you for all your prayers. Uh, they do make a difference, as probably you, you understood. Uh, we, we need your prayers. Without your prayers, I think it, it would be quite very, very difficult for us uh, to do the, the work we are doing, obviously. Thank you very much. Thank you, Christine. I think there's a right sort of pride um, as Christians and it just makes me so proud to hear what Christine is doing and, and also to be able to be part of a church who is supporting somebody in doing that. Uh, we commissioned Christine a couple of years ago and I just think uh, this is actually her last uh, stop on her tour. It's been a seven week tour for her. She's been all over the UK, not just, over, not just around Scotland. So um, but I just think it would be brilliant to uh, gather around Christine again. So just that the band will be coming up in a moment's time. But could some people who know Christine or, and people who don't know Christine, she is part of our family here at Southside as much as somebody who is here every week. But Christine, if you wouldn't mind just kind of stepping down and could folk come up and we'll gather around Christine, uh, lay hands on her and pray for her. And then in a couple of moments, I'll bring that. I'll just kind of pray over, uh, over everybody while while the band are coming up getting ready to lead us in our final song but let's gather around Christine now and pray for her as she heads back as many of you as want to could come out here it's that we've got loads and loads of space so don't worry about that 